questions are presented to you. Uh, what do you think is uh, IATA's role in the education industry and in the focus uh, in, uh, on the African specifically in Sub-Saharan Africa? Well, uh, I think our role is, is very much summarized in the opening video of, the, uh, of today's forum, you know, where our Director General really uh, sort of pinpointed certain areas. But listen, we represent, you know, the, the, our members. Um, we uh, set standards, okay, and we serve our members. So through representation of our members, through lobbying on behalf of our vendors and advocating our members, and uh, through setting standards, IATA is the uh, is the reference authority so far as aviation is concerned when it comes to setting standards that is applicable globally. So you know, uh, representing you know, uh, our members serving our members and leading our members. This is our role in the industry to make sure that the industry continues to grow, continues to prosper, and continues to deliver the premise to the end in our new consumer. And the Saturn, the, Saturn again. the single African air transport. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, so the, around, they said around 29 countries have already ratified that. True. Uh, what, do you, what do you think that means for the aviation industry in Africa? Really, I mean, uh, as we said, I mean, uh, eight of those uh, 28 or 29 countries have already completed all the prerequisites. Okay, there is a roadmap that has been developed that shows all the prerequisites that each country has to do to be able, really, to implement, practically implement, you know, I mean, SATAM. And what does the implementation of SATAM mean? It means to the consumer that new routes, scheduled flights and opportunities and alternatives you know, for people you know, need to travel from point A to point B. That's really what, what it means and this is what we're trying to push countries really to, you know, to those who already have you know, I mean, completed all the prerequisites to start going into service and providing the connectivity that is required and that is promised you know, I mean, by the uh, African Union SATAM agreement. Uh, do you think uh, that uh, such such regulation, uh, such such uh, the implementation of the certain, do you think if, if in any way reduce the regulatory handles currently experienced by airlines? The summer you said uh, it's hard for intra-Africa transport, mm -hmm. so that uh, some countries are not open in Africa. Yeah. It's something that will increase that and also connectivity. Certain calls for any African nations to open up their skies to agree between themselves to have bilateral agreements, equal rights, you know, so I allow you to come to my country, you allow me to come to your country, we have equal rights. So Saddam really calls for all you know African nations to open up their skies, have the proper regulations, not only to protect the nation's interest in aviation, but also to protect the others operators who are coming from different countries. Because you know I mean there have to be regulations that protect all parties. And, and certain calls for states really to review, update, and amend the regulations. As we said, eight of, of the 28 states, eight, have already finished this job. They've updated and upgraded their regulatory environments. They've included, you know, I mean, all the prerequisites that are needed in terms of openness and visa, okay, in terms of equal rights, in terms of bilateral agreements, the air service agreements between countries have been reviewed and updated. All that is needed now is for that commercial step to take place and for airlines really to start scheduling flights into those rooms.
this directed to you. It's a, it's a broad question. What do you think are some of the measures we should take to ensure the projected 5% are the growth? And then another question, what, what do you need to do to, to, to close the skill gap? Seeing that we are expecting the Africa, African to have a bigger aviation by 2027, 2028, what do you think are some of the steps you can take to close that skill gap? So firstly on, on growth, um, in our forecast, growth is, is underpinned by a very favourable population um, and age profile within Africa. As a continent, um, Africa is, is relatively young right? and we know that um, there are certain age groups that tend to have a greater propensity to fly, they tend to fly more often. Right? And, and, and that's the kind of the sweet spot that, that Africa is moving into in terms of its population. Um, so the other key factor is, is growth, economic growth. Yep, exactly, because that, that drives uh, the creation of jobs and investment, um, profitability for businesses, um, but also incomes for, for consumers. Right? And, and, and increases in the standard of living also uh, create more opportunities for people to, to travel by air. So those two are key drivers in our, our long-term passenger forecast. The other question was on the skills. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, it is, it is a dilemma worldwide, not only in Africa, by the way, the shortage of skills. And as the industry evolves and progresses in terms of embedding advanced technologies, it would become even more of a challenge for the industry. What, what we what we are really advocating, and we to try to work with you know, I mean, uh, different nations and through our membership, you know, the airlines, uh, a single institution cannot do it, an airline cannot do it, a regulator cannot do it. It requires a national plan. It requires cooperation between everybody, really, to start building up the skills, and especially those that would take longer period to acquire. You know, there are skills that will require, you know, longer time to acquire, and it's not a matter of taking a course or having a certificate and all of a sudden you have the... Because the industry itself is very sophisticated, it's getting much more advanced. New technologies, you know what I mean, is being embedded. So it requires a more of a national plan that everybody contributes to, from, <clears throat> from the, the education sector, the private sector, the aviation sector, you know, the regulators, everybody comes together and develop the national plan and really push for it. But the need is there, the need will get even, you know, more. We saw the number of pilots that are needed, number of technicians, those are only on the technical side. If you think on the management side, okay, and how to actually, you know, develop a network for an air, you know, for an airline to operate, and the consumer side, and the marketing side, you know, I mean, and the operations side, all those aspects requires advanced skills requires you know, a lot of efforts to build up those. We're doing our part by partnering with a lot of training institutions in Africa through subsidized training programs. And, and, and we, we say that, that, for instance, in 2018, 2,500,000 individuals within Africa really took advantage of this program that we heavily subsidize. Actually, we, we don't, not IATA subsidize, our members actually contribute to this fund that is used by by uh, uh, individuals in Africa. Okay, my last question. 
uh, how emerging technologies such as machine learning and AI affecting the aviation, especially in sub-Saharan Africa, and in terms of monitoring and maintenance. And my last question to you too, to, how, how do you see the aviation industry in the next five to ten years? You do the forecasts. <laughs> Globally, you mean? Globally or in Africa? Okay. Okay. I think one of the things that we know about air transport is it's a very dynamic industry and it's continuing to evolve. So I don't, I don't see that changing over the next five or ten years. So it's going to continue to be. Uh, an exciting industry to be a part of. I think in, in Africa we, we have plenty of opportunity to see further growth, um, but equally uh, there are certainly some challenges that, that we're facing at the moment from a global perspective um, as, as well as from a regional perspective. So I think the outlook is, is still very bright for, for air transport. We'll continue to see growth, um, particularly in Africa. Um, but we need to be mindful that there are some challenges that can't be complacent. We need to work on some of those challenges to ensure that we, we do see the growth that, that is possible. Uh, which challenges do you at least one or two of the challenges you see as uh, that can hinder growth? Sure. I mean, I think we've talked about a number of them today. You know, costs are one. Um, the cost of air transport in Africa is, is, is quite high. Um, and we, we need to, to look at why that is and what we can do about improving that. Because lower costs make it more possible for people to... to exactly. Um, infrastructure, we've talked about the need for infrastructure, getting the right infrastructure in the right place at the right time and at the right cost as well. Right? So that's, that's an important part. And connectivity. You know, that would be, I guess, the third one. Continuing to improve connectivity, particularly within the region create the opportunities for people to, to fly, um, and, and that of course links back to, to this single African air transport market. Do you think these challenges, they're the ones that make profitability of air travel in Africa, in Africa still elusive? Just from the presentation, there was the, the presentation of the graph, and also the profitability of the airlines is negative. No, absolutely. Profitability uh, is affected by a number of different factors, but certainly, you know, on the, on the cost side, um, cost is a, a key part of profitability, right? So, yeah. You know, fuel, for instance, is 35% more expensive in Africa than oil prices. Um, but overall, cost of travel in Africa is 45% more than the average cost of travel globally. And, 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 and if you dig deeper and see, okay, where are, why are those numbers as such, you know, you could see that all the taxes, all the charges, all the, you know, I mean, uh, the additions that governments adds to the yeah. ticket, you know, ticket price. There are tickets that are, the airline would take $60, governments and other institutions take $220. So as an operator, you're only getting a small part of that ticket price. The bulk of it is actually going elsewhere. The issue, we're not against that. We're saying if you need to tax to reinvest in the sector, then so be it, because you're actually growing the sector. But if you tax to close a budget gap or to give it to another you know, I mean, institution, to health or to whatever it is, then that's the wrong thing to do. Okay. So really, I mean, 
you know, taxes, there's nothing wrong with tax, I mean, taxes are applied worldwide, but they have to be applied sensibly, and it has to have its way back to feed into the industry itself. Yeah?